Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery. And they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code. EPR10, when used on their website, phantombrew.com, will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get cold side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to yet another instalment of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast, sponsored by Phantom Brewing Co. down in rg one in Reading, purveyors of great booze, and they're just a great bunch of lads too. So thank you to them for sponsoring us, but also thank you to Jonathan Lowe, who's taking time out of his very busy schedule to help preview the QPR game. How are you, Jonathan? Hi, Jacob. Yes, uh, all uh, all good, thank you. Oh, still on a high from last night, so uh, yeah, can't complain. Me too. I'm still on a bit of a... Well, it's, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we didn't win. We somehow picked up our first draw of the campaign because it's taken us up until the 12-game mark to actually draw a game. But now it's arrived. I think everyone's in agreement that it was a point we were well worth. And the big question is, now that we're starting to pick up points against you know the big league like Norwich or widely expected to go up, are we good now, Jonathan? Because we've been here before, 12 games in... You know, sitting on seven wins, a draw, and and uh, I think it's four losses, because that's exactly how Pavlovich's record read in his first season. But I don't know. With with Ince, is he doing anything different? Or can we truly be considered good? Well, I think there's a broad definition of good, and uh, it depends how you how you define it. But um, yes, I think it's it's safe to say that they are a at the moment they they are a very good championship side. Um, whether they are sort of top two material, I I don't think so. Um, however, they've certainly improved uh, vastly uh, in the past couple of weeks, um, and uh, I mean certainly you know from last last season, it's it's chalk and cheese really. Uh, but they've really come on uh, in the last few weeks or so, and showing that they can mix it with the with the very best in the division. And um, 
you know, long, long may it continue. They've got to clearly got a you know a fantastic team of spirit. The, the fans are, are truly behind them now, and they're picking up results. Not this, you know, not in the same fashion that they're doing it. Um, you know, like 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 the you know one nil at at, uh, at Wigan, but um, and even you know last night one all draw. I mean, it did feel like a win, really. Um, it was like you said, it was a thoroughly deserved point. That's what entered afterwards as well. And he was disappointed. He said the players were disappointed really that they didn't get all three points, which uh, really shows how far the team has come in such a short space of time. So, yes, I would say that they are uh, a very good side. Um, I say not, maybe not, not quite you know, in, in top two material just yet, but uh, if they continue on their current tra- trajectory, um, then they've certainly got a, you know, certainly a very good chance of, you know, dare we say it, top, uh, top six. I don't want to say it, but uh, certainly top half of the table. Um, yeah, they've put, built a really solid foundation now, and, and let's hope that they, they can continue. Yeah, I mean, dare I say it, like you, they're doing a lot of things right, this Reading side, and a lot of credit has to go to Incender players because a growing theme seems to be opposition fans after they've played it saying that Reading stopped them from playing well. And we've done that in several games this season. Yes, I know that when we get beaten, we get slapped. But there are players that are getting better as time goes on and not worse. You know, I know that a player that you've singled out in the past was uh, Nesta Guinness-Walker, who's put together a string of impressive performances now in the absence of Rahman. Uh, Jeff Hendricks, another one that I was giving stick earlier in the season and thought, you know, he hadn't really lived up to his his Premier League experience and his the billing he, he had when he got here. But obviously he was the one that scored the equaliser last night. And after going a goal behind we've seen Reading sides of the past like have their heads drop and and just sort of see out the rest of the game almost with, with the hump on. But we didn't do that and we, we clawed a point back and the fact that instance the players reckon they deserve more, like you say, is a real indicator of how far they've come in a short space of time. But you've spoken to the manager since. Uh, you, in your um, privileged position as a member of the Reading FC press gallery, uh, get to pick the manager's brains. And the interesting thing for me, Jonathan, is that he's definitely keeping expectations nice and low and saying that survival is still the aim. But he made a comment last night, didn't he, about how the fact that this Reading team aren't necessarily getting the, the plaudits they deserve from the wider media is something spurring them on, isn't it? Yes, very much so. I think, uh, I mean, it's been like that sort of since the start of the season, really. It's, it's, he's built up this siege mentality, Um you know, as if the whole world is against them. You know, the, obviously the EFL with the embargo and the restrictions in the transfer window, the, the horrendous injury list, which, you know, doesn't look like ending anytime soon. Um, and, you know, everyone writing them off or, or just, you know, not really saying anything about them. And, and quietly they've they've gone about their business, gone under the radar, um, not, let, not let any of the outside noise affect them. And, um, you know, that they're managing to put together, uh, you know, a very... Uh, accomplished um display on on the pitch uh which is now reaping uh results and uh that, that's what you can ask for so um yeah i think i say i think it's just all part of this kind of siege mentality and it, it, it's working a treat uh, it's working an absolute treat at the moment clearly as uh, you know every fan would have said since the start of the season that survival is the number one aim uh, i think we can almost safely say that, that uh, that's almost been achieved already um but uh you know you've got to do that i think certainly from reading's perspective you, you don't want to you, know, you don't really want to get 
too hyped up. I know it's it's difficult sometimes, certainly for supporters, uh, when things have gone so well. Um, but the fact it's all um, you know, it's coming into shape is is a good sign. Um, you know, it's it's a long test. There's still about three quarters of the season to go, so that a lot can happen. Uh, as Ince points out to her very conveniently after every single game, basically. Um, but uh, you know, they they can only uh, do what they've done so far. Um, you know, take it by game by game, and uh, and things are rolling along uh, very nicely at the moment. So, um, yeah, confidence is up. Momentum is uh, clearly with them. And, um, yeah, at the moment, they're, they're looking like a, a very, very uh, formidable side. The confidence is there, like you say, because, you know, we we did well enough to string together the sequence of results to get us the third early doors and people saying, oh, you know, it's, it's a bit of luck. But what we did against Norwich, you know, the, the way that Int seemed to treat each game on its own merit and set them up to to counter, you know, the, the opposition's strengths, like with the balance of the midfield he had last night. It's it's promising signs. And like you say, he always gets in the little disclaimer, doesn't he? After every win, it's always early days. But like you say, with us over halfway now to getting to the 40-point mark, I mean, it's, it's looking good. And and another team that got an impressive midweek result is QPR, who we have the fortune slash, slash misfortune of having to go away to on Friday night whilst there's a train strike on. But um, they obviously beat league leaders Sheffield United 1-0 a very impressive win given that Sheffield United have been the the team's catch so far this season and and QPR like Reading after having middling league finishes in seasons gone by suddenly find themselves in fourth place whilst we're in third position it's another fascinating matchup on paper because we talked about Reading's injury problems and it's looking like Andy Yearden might be back in time for Friday at a push but we'll have to see but um the big injury headline for Queen's Park Rangers is the fact that star player Chris Willock got injured during that game with Sheffield United and might be missing out on the game. So it's, an, it's another tantalising clash on paper, Jonathan, but how do you see it going in practice? Because it's a tough away trip and um, Queen's Park Rangers are no mugs. And do you reckon we're going to keep the momentum going? And how do you rate our chance of picking up a result? Um, yes, as uh, I... So this morning, actually, there's only one point between two sides. So clearly, they both both had very good starts to the season. Um, I, I do think this is more of a, a 50-51, especially as it, as it is away from home. Um, yeah, no doubt, be a, a full house at Loftus Road, and obviously under the lights, uh, you know, um, televised game as well. It's it's going to be it should be a cracking atmosphere. Um, Reading have got some good results there in in previous years. Um, if they can pull off another one, that I think that'd be fantastic. Um, that said, it is the third game in six days, um, and uh, you know it's, it's a big ask for the players. Um, yeah, he does have the ability to to rotate in a couple of positions, but um, not too much. So it could be uh, it could be one of those games where it might be just a, a game too far. Um, QPR, as you say, uh, obviously going extremely well at the moment. Will, Willick is a bit of an injury doubt, but uh, I'm sure they've got plenty of players who can who can come in and, and cause plenty of problems. And to go to Sheffield United uh, and pull off a, a victory is is no mean feat. Um, very few clubs do that. Uh, they join an elite club, don't they? Uh, QPR and Reading, who'd have thought? Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was a great result on, on Tuesday night for them at, up at Bramall Lane. And uh, no doubt that their, their confidence is high and they'll fancy the chances as well. So I think it realistically, you'd probably take a point um, from a Reading perspective. Um, if they can get three, that'd be absolutely fantastic. I think they might even go top of the league, depending on 
goal difference and everything um as well so you know that's that maybe that's a, a bit of a carrot for for reading um going into that game so so yeah i think it's it's only be a, a tough game probably maybe even tougher than than the tuesday night game against norwich city um yeah the, the qpr always well say not always but it's always tend to be um have a tendency to to be kind of a, a well oiled kind of machine if you like no maybe not too many star players but uh they, they know all their positions and, and their styles of play and, and um they, they do tend to be a, a tough nut to crack um but as i say running have got some good results there in the past so i think you know a draw is probably it would be a good result for both sides um considering the the nature of the fixture list and, and how the week has gone so far and uh, for reading obviously it would keep up uh, the unbeaten run as well and a good form so um yeah i'll probably sit on the fence and, and go for a one all yeah I, i'm starting to think the same because none of my predictions have come off this season but you know now we've got that first draw it's going to be like london buses and i fully expect the second one to to be right around the corner and queen's park rangers talking about unbeaten runs they've only lost one time in their last eight and i think that was to swansea and like you say they do have danger men i know willock's out but Ilias chair uh, the Belgian is is just a player that I've always looked at very enviously and always seems to turn it on for them. And I don't know what it is about Queen's Park Rangers and Reading, but it's a game that always seems to be on Sky. And uh, <laughs> and I know Reading's um, record um, in front of the cameras isn't particularly great. So, you know, that's a carrot. And also, like you say, if we do get on noses in front in that game, like you say, because we're the early kickoff on the Friday... It means uh, we will go top of the table if we do get our nose in front of that game. So that's going to be something motivating um, Paul Ince and, and the lads too. Very quickly before we finish, Jonathan, um, I just wanted to pick your brains really on the striking situation at Reading now because all of a sudden we've got plenty of options up top. Um, Andy Carroll put in another impressive 70 minutes for us last night against Norwich. And uh, even though he's probably not fully fit at the moment he's valued for getting over an hour a game at the moment and, and by all me by all accounts I thought whilst he was on the pitch we looked better for it you've got Lucas Zhao who's maybe a little out of form at the moment a little out of sorts uh, and then Yaku Mato is just coming back from a major injury too but has scored you know a couple of games ago to yeah, first first goal in over a year and um, there were some people on Twitter that were saying they would have preferred to see Mato come off the bench rather than see Zhao come off the bench against Norwich because May says that sort of what powerful wide target man player that was giving Norwich trouble when when it was Carroll up against him so all of this is to to ask you then how do you want us to line up against Norwich up top because all of a sudden Ince has got options and it's about finding the right combination up top in in the two isn't it and who would you start if in some parallel universe you were Paul Ince I'd start Mate Zhao and Carroll all together <laughs> very good well um, what, and pioneer some some like route one like three up top like horror formation i love it i've got i've got to give for tim tim deller actually some, some credit he, he he mentioned this last week it also throwing shane long into the mix and if he's fit as well start all four just imagine just imagine opposition defenders they'd have nightmares thinking why on earth would you start trying to mark um jao mate long and carol would be an absolute nightmare um 44 just go for it just, just give it a go and you'll get a bucket loads of goals um no in, in all serious well part of seriousness um 
it's it's a strange one. I, th- I thought Carroll had a very good game last night as well, and he had a good game against uh, Huddersfield. And he looks a, he looks a, a really good uh, asset for Reading. He holds the ball up well, which I think is, is something which Paul Lynch likes possibly a bit better than Lucas Shaw at the moment. Um, does he have that kind of that goal scoring threat? Clearly, he's a threat. Whether he's going to score too many goals at the moment, you know, obviously it's early days, and, and like you said, he's not hundred percent fit. Um, so in that respect, perhaps Jao is maybe shows a bit more sort of, you know, in that final, that final, final third, um, which is why he potentially deserves a start. But then again, he's out of form, form and then of course you've got Yaku Mete as well, who has a has a, a tendency to to score goals, uh, a handy knack of scoring goals um, in games, despite maybe not playing too well. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a very big decision and i'm glad i'm not reading manager right now to be honest um aside from playing all of, all of them together um i don't really know what the solution is i mean you know given the fact it works relatively well last night with, with Andy carroll i'd probably say give him another go up top uh from the off uh, and then say you've got the likes of Zhao and mate to come on as and when required um you know if you are going to play Zhao, you obviously need to have someone like tom Ince around him to, to do his running and, and that's obviously possible and and Mete for me he's probably better as a as a sort of wide forward rather than you know playing up top um so you know if you had uh Mete as a part of a, a front three behind Zhao for example and then Ince as the number 10 and perhaps you know Ajaya on the left then that could work as well so um it's just finding that right combination there are plenty of combinations available to Ince and I'm sure he'll He'll like that fact, but um, finding the right one, it probably you know down to a little bit of luck as well. Um, but uh, in answer to your question, I think I'd just you know stick with what worked well last night and, and stick with Andy Carroll up top. Um, have Jaron Matey on the bench and um, see how things go. And, and you know if you need to change it, up, whether it's a half time or on the hour mark or a bit late in the game, uh, then go for it. But um, yeah, on current form, I'd say Andy Carroll. I can't wait for the inevitable Andy Carroll hat trick. Now we've said that, I've uh, as a, as a bit of a guilty confession as well. I was one of the uh, Reading fans who shelled out on the new third kit this week with uh, Andy Carroll number two on the back, and I still can't get my head around uh, that number in choice. But it's it's uh, one for the collection to be sure. So, uh, thank you to those who have listened up to the halfway mark of this podcast. After the break, we will be speaking to a member of the QPR opposition to get their views on how it's going to go down on Friday night under the lights. See you after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back after the break. Uh, if you have joined us again after the break, I'm delighted now to be joined by Duncan from W12 Pod, a cracking fellow if you're on Twitter and you fancy getting the lowdown on all of your uh, QPR news and views. That's at W12 Podcast on Twitter. I've gave him a cheeky fellow this week, so you ought to follow him too if you're listening at home. But Duncan, you are a man who knows far more about Queen's Park Rangers than I do. Uh, <laughs> I think if you're if you're a neutral and you're looking at the table, 
and you see the likes of Sheffield United at the top and you, then you've got your usual suspects like Norwich and whatnot. I suppose it's a bigger surprise to see Reading and Queen's Park Rangers in the playoffs currently. But 12 games in, it's fair to say it's not a fluke whatever's happening to us. So sum up QPR's season so far because you changed your manager over the summer with um, Mark Warburton's contract running out. Uh, how's the new bloke been and um, are you happy with where you are so far? Um, well, to be fair, I'm over the moon with where we are. <laughs> um, I was a bit apprehensive at the start of the season with the change of manager. Obviously, Mick Beale come in and he hasn't done it as a manager. He's been in number two, came with a really good reputation, which we are all impressed with. Um, and he's kind of hit the ground running and we've had a really good start summer window. Basically, we needed the full-backs. He got us in two of the best full-backs, I think, personally, in the league. And we're playing good football and the results are showing now. So I'm really pleased with how um, the job Mick Bill was doing and how we're getting on. But like you said, surprised to see us so far up the table. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, usually they show our games on Sky. I don't know what it is that makes QPR running such an appealing game to the broadcasters. But over the years, you know, I've seen my fair share of, uh, well, certainly my fair share of Reading losses there, but also a couple of... <laughs> Famous Reading wins over the years. I remember Gareth McCleary scoring an absolute barnstormer of a goal. Um, but I think we beat you 3-1 and Kevin Doyle scored against us. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, what, what a dark, dark day that was to see one of Reading's favourite sons scoring against us. But but yeah, I mean, you, you've only lost one of your last eight, uh, which is by all accounts pretty impressive. What do you reckon has been the secret behind the, the upturn in, in results? Because... I mean, you've been steadily ticking along now in the Championship for a few seasons, you know, finishing mid-table. What's been different this time around? Because you've got impressive players on paper. Ilias Chair is always somebody that I've been impressed with. I know Chris Willock scored the winner in midweek and is now injured for our game on Friday. But if you were to just sum up, you know, the, the reasons for your success so far this season, because it is early days, what would it be, Duncan? Um... It's a tough one. I feel like obviously we have got obviously Ilias Chair, Chrissy Willock pulling the strings at the top end of the pitch. But for me, I feel like defensively we've been a lot more solid this year. Um, obviously, we've uh, Leon Balogun's just kind of come in the last four games and we've kept three clean sheets. So like, there's no coincidence there. And the, the um, game at the weekend where we did concede was when we brought um, Jake Clark Salter back in so he, and he was a bit rusty. So for me, I feel like defensively and more so as well, midfield. We've gone back to a, like a four-three-three, and I thought we've got a bit more security from the midfield, and I think the defence is a bit more comfortable in that formation compared to like say last season under Warburton, where we played like kind of three at the back with wing backs and then two in midfield, and I felt it kind of left us a bit exposed. Whereas this time round, I feel like we seem a much more solid and stronger unit. Yeah, it's 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 a similar sort of story for Reading too in that. Paul Lintz, who somehow is now the 11th longest-serving championship manager, despite taking over in in March, he's made us a lot harder to beat at the back too. And we've since we last played you guys, we've we've started playing this this five at the back. It's, it's you know they, they say on paper it's a three-five-two, but it is basically a five-back. And um, former QPR player um, Junior Hoylet has has reinvented himself as a uh, as a wing back this season, which is bizarre, but he's doing really well. Uh, another ex-QPR lad who was on loan last season with you guys, who I think was less impressive, was um, 
Oh shit! I've forgotten his name now. Jeff Hendrick, <laughs> bloody hell! How could how, how could how could I forget Big Jeff? Uh, he scored the equaliser for us or, uh, last night, but um, yeah. safe to say he had a bit of a a tough time for QPR last season, didn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> like I, he kind of came in, and we thought it wasn't necessarily the signing we needed in January, um, but we thought oh, his Premier League experience. He was decent in Championship a few years back, so we thought oh, it could be a good signing and. Things just didn't work out for him, to be fair with us. I just don't feel... I think the team was on like a downward spiral anyway. And I feel like he came into that and his performances just weren't up to scratch. And But then neither was the teams. I just don't think it worked at all. We were quite happy to see him go at the end, really. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one. Sometimes it's like right player, wrong time. Because yeah. I'm, I, I was, we were reading up on Jeff Hendrick before he signed for Reading because it came out a bit out of the blue for us too. And he was saying how at QPR, you know, come in mid-season and, you know, wasn't able to really hit the ground running and felt it was a bit strange coming into an established dressing room. So, you know, sometimes that happens. But over on your side of the fence, I wanted to ask you about Lyndon Dykes because it's looking like he's going to be the replacement on the team sheet for... Uh, for Chris Willock um, on Friday, I saw you guys were were mentioning Linda Dykes on your latest pod um, over on the W12 Twitter. Um, just talk us through what he's like as a player, because I've been looking down your who scored like player rankings for this season. He's not ranking particularly highly. I mean, is that fair? Um, yeah, that is a fair assessment. Um, he's not had the best of seasons so far for us at all. Um, it's a tough one with him because he looks like he should be like a real bully of a centre forward. And he just really isn't. He doesn't put himself about as much as like his physique would suggest he should. Um, but again, I feel like he just, whether he's just not quite getting the service or he hasn't quite, I don't know, something's just not quite clicking for him. He's had a couple of chances. He's hit straight at the keeper. Um, and I don't know. Something's just not going right with Lyndon this year. But for, for Scotland... He seems to be absolutely fine. He's scoring goals for them. So it's a tricky one. Obviously, potentially missing Willock is going to be a big blow for us. But hopefully, Lyndon can come in and do a job. We've had players like that for Reading over the years. Like Our Welsh lads would frequently have, have spells where we're like, oh my God, they're just not doing it at for their club. But then they'll go away on international duty. You know, talking about the likes of Hal Robson, Carney and whatnot. And they're just like different players for their country. It's a really <laughs> weird one. But okay, who are your danger men then? Because in the absence of Willock, someone's got to step up. If you were to back one player that Reading fans should be keeping an eye out for on Friday night, who's likely to get on the score sheet or be pulling the strings, who's it going to be? Um, he's kind of a little bit in Chris Willock's shadow at the minute, but it's Ilias Chair. Um, when he's on form, he pulls the strings, he's got an eye for goal. And up with Willock, he is our most creative player. So I think if, if you can keep him quiet you should have a good night. And it's hopefully that for us that he doesn't stay quiet and he is effective. Um, but just a quick throw in as well for Tyler Roberts. He's getting into some form at the minute, so he could also be a danger man. But if I put my neck on the line, I'd say it's going to be Ilias Chair. Yeah, I'm very envious of, of Chair. Like if, if I was to pick one player out of your team, that I'd be like, oh God, like what I would do to have him at Reading, it'd definitely be him. He's, um, he's a class act. And yeah. um, he was one of the names that uh, when we we knew we were going to lose John Swift over the summer, he's not having a brilliant time at West Brom at the moment. But in terms of like like for like John Swift replacements, we really thought, oh, well, it was wishful thinking because he's firmly, you know, QPR lab currently. But, you know, we're very envious of um, the fact that you've still got his services. But I suppose then 
Duncan, for seeing that you're in fourth position, it's third v fourth on Friday. Yeah, you know we have managed to get ourselves into this good position, the two teams. What are your hopes from this point forwards? Then are you hoping to maintain the playoff push? Do you reckon this is the season when you know you kind of get out of mid table and kick on, or are you just maybe thinking, okay, this is you know we've had a good start and we, we might drop off a bit and promotion might be a bit too soon for us. Basically, what are your hopes and expectations for the rest of the season? <laughs> um, so my hopes for the rest of the season, I'd love for us to maintain the playoff push. I feel that this could be the last year with someone like Chrissy Willock or Elias Chair if we don't get promoted. So I'd love for us to have that playoff push. I don't think we're going to be strong enough for automatics at all. But playoffs, I think, could be something we should be aiming for. But again, any kind of progress from last season, Mitfield's first time as a manager in this league, I'd take anything from kind of 10th upwards, realistically. But I'd like us to have a push for the playoffs. Yeah, you never say never. I mean, it's it's yeah. a weird league. It is a weird league. Because even though you have the usual suspects like Sheffield United, Norwich, you know, the relegated lads like Watford, you know, it, you'll always throw up a result like you had midweek where, you know, QPR get the better of Sheffield United. And that's kind of what the league needs as well is that they need a couple of the, the non-usual suspects to just shake the tree a bit. And hopefully that's what we're going to do this year. And, and I mean, Christ, I mean, Reading fans would never have had us at at third, like 12 games in, we were being tipped by most, you know, our own fans included to yeah. drop and that might well still happen, but we're over halfway to the um, 40 point mark now, as I was saying to Jonathan Lowe, the Reading journalist earlier. So in terms of Friday then, like predictions for how it's going to go down, Reading have just got their first draw of the season. We don't really do draws, but I kind of earmark this one as a draw and it would be a point that I'd be completely happy with because it's a tough place to go, Loftus Road. How would you reckon it's going to go, Duncan? Are you are you thinking that this is a game where you can pick up a result or not? Um, so I was I went to the um, Bristol City game on Saturday, and on the way back, me and a couple of lads I went with, we were chatting and we were saying like two tricky games, obviously with the Sheffield United one and the, now the Reading one, and we were kind of like four points from those two games would be a decent outlay of points. So we've got the three points last night. So I would take a draw against Reading at home. But at the same time, I just feel like we've had a really good win against Sheffield United. We're at home. I feel like we need to kind of push on. And almost, if we get that win, it will really cement ourselves like in the top four. And if obviously, by some fluke, we were to win 8-0, we'd go top. <laughs> I don't see that happening. But um, like I think if we could push on and get the win, it would be a really like it would show everybody else in the division what we're capable of. But like you said, I, I would be more than happy now to take a point. Yeah, result would be a massive statement for either team. Yeah. Because like you say, if Reading somehow get the nose in front, then we will be top as well. And um, so it's, you know, there is there's a point to be made, whoever comes out on top. And the Reading fans that are going down on Friday night are risking life and limb too because there's rail strikes on. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a real pilgrimage this time round to, to get to your corner of London. But hope it's a good game. Hope we see goals. And uh, I just want to thank you and the rest of the W12 lads for coming on at short notice to, to run uh, the rule no over worries. again. Happy to, happy to come on, mate. And uh, you're more than welcome back anytime. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us for another Elm Park Rules preview podcast. We've got a ton of them this month because the fixture calendar is absolutely stacked ahead of the World Cup. And uh, really appreciate you tuning in as usual. And thanks to Phantom Brewing Co. down in Reading for sponsoring us. Take care. Up the ding. Come on, you ours.